Welcome to the pilot episode of Budget Podcast. Budget Foundation is the foremost civic tech organization leading the advocacy for fiscal transparency and accountability in Nigeria's public finance, as well as across other African countries. We play an active role in project tracking and implementation in Nigeria's 36 states and also have a series of tech products that help citizens to follow the budget and government spending, thereby holding elected officials accountable. Join us every month for conversations on grassroots engagement, governance, public finance, budget analysis, project tracking and service delivery, extractive transparency, and social innovation. So, sit back and enjoy the episode. Hello everyone, you're welcome to our podcast. This is the first podcast of Budget, so um, and, and you, I'm glad that you're a listener to this podcast. We're going to talk around issues, um, we're going to talk about situations or things that matter to Budget. Uh, budget is an organization that is focused on transparency and accountability, citizen and institutional engagement within the Nigerian space. Um, I have here my colleague Adechuke Akimbode, who is our head uh, of uh, Extractive Transparency Unit. Um, and we're going to go on two different issues. Our focus today will be on the petroleum industry bill. Um, we believe that um, this needs to be further defined. I mean, recently we saw a video of two people beating up themselves in the National Assembly. Um, uh, and that really, really struck a chord in us. And yeah, we said, okay, let's come to a podcast to try and fully define and break down the petroleum industry. Adi Joke, uh, how are you? How are you doing? I'm fine, thank you, Lucian. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. I mean, let's start with the PIB. I mean, this, so I remember that I, I, I talked that in 2012, I mean, I, there was a version of the PIB and we had momentum um, that it looked like we're going to get a PIB done by the previous administration of um, Good Luck Jonathan. And somehow um, that PIB did not happen. I mean, we still, we, I mean, and this PIB history goes all the way back to President Lucia Gorbachev. So we've been on this call for a while. And if it serves me, um, my memory, I think we may be on the sixth version of the PIB iteration. So it's been a long, long road for Nigeria. And I mean, what makes it so difficult to pass the PIB? Or what makes it so challenging that, um, I mean, you know, we've been going on and on about this in the last um, 15 years yeah, or more. Thank you, Lucian. Um, for me, I think the passage of the PIB is comes comes down to politics. So mm-hmm. I believe everything is just um being political because if you look at um in 2018 the PIB was actually split into four, and they yeah. were in the of um passing the governance aspect of the bill, but mm-hmm. unfortunately it was it wasn't passed. The president did not assent to it. And if you look at um, some functions of the, some institutions in the PIB, their functions and roles, I think, to me, I believe that's why they didn't assent to it, because they're trying to cut, um, to reduce um, the power of the minister and all. 
So at the end of the day, I think it's just being political. So it's political because the PIB is one is most one of the most controversial bill in the assembly now, since over twenty years ago. And one will be wondering why a particular bill is just lying down, a bill that we know that will be beneficial to virtually everyone in the country, and it's been lying down for over twenty years without being passed, if not political. So what else? Yeah, I mean, so let's not really, let's let's bring back our our use our our listeners. I mean, the the it's it's is it's, this is the twenty eighth year, so the first uh, pro, the first um, effort uh, to pass the PIB actually started in two thousand and one. So we are on the twenty eighth year wow. of, of of the process of passing of the PIB. Um, that's number one. Two is that the law that mainly governs Nigeria's um, fiscal um, um, administration and, and governance of, of, of the petroleum industry is was written in 1969. Um, and in 1969, we must remember that, I mean, spaces has changed, oil pricing has changed. Um, we even passed that bill. I mean, it was not a bill, it was a decree. It was a, it was a military decree um, that was finally maybe ratified by the National Assembly to an act. But that was during the military era. So just imagine that we have a commodity that over the years have served us, um, that over the years have been responsible, sometimes up to 80% of Nigeria's revenue, um, sometimes now around maybe 55%. Um, that also provides close to 90% by the time you add gas to it of Nigeria's export earnings in goods. And we have not been able to uh, make adjustments to, to that space. I mean, in my head, uh, that's where I see um, the challenges start off from, and 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 I want to come back to you, Adit. Okay, um, about about this. Um, the, the, if you look at what has, why I mean, I, I talk about the Juras, the way the Jura treats the oil industry. It's like a, in the rentier structure. So, what I mean by that is that, for example, if someone's dad leaves an inheritance for him on her. Um, and you don't clean up the house, you don't change anything about the house, you don't you don't even try and check if the piping is working, if, 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 if the people are even enjoying some basic commodities. But all you do at every point in time is just show up and collect rent. Um, and I think that's the way we have treated the oil and gas industry. I mean, what, 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 what are your thoughts about this? For that, I would say the government, um, they know what they are doing. They know if um they actually do what they're supposed to do with the oil and gas industry, the country will be better and the, even the masses will benefit from it. So I think um they're trying to you know make it be like a, a political as a thing. It's just some um people that that will keep benefiting from this. So because mm-hmm. if they actually do what they're supposed to do with the oil industry at large, mm-hmm. everybody, every city, they all country will actually benefit from it. You know, passing the bill will make it um, more beneficial to everybody, everyone. And um, it's going to reduce what some people, some set of people are actually getting from the industry, which they don't want to happen. They just, they just like being the rich getting richer and the poor getting poorer. That's just the case of the oil and gas industry in Nigeria as of today. So they actually know the right things to do. They know what to do to put everything in, um, in progress, but they're not doing it. And I think another thing that's supposed to do is they, we actually we've got it to a point where we would shift focus from the oil and from oil and gas in Nigeria. We need to shift our focus. So if focus is being shifted to other um, 
aspect of revenue resources then i think the oil and gas industry actually makes some very great progress all right okay i mean in the eighth national assembly which was on the 25th of january precisely the, like you said previously the pigb the petroleum industry governance bill was passed by the senate but as we agreed it was not assented by the president so over years or when we said we want to um balkanize or maybe um break the PIB into bits, now we are back into a single entity or a single element again. We'll go straight to the PIB now and if, if um, when, when we read through the bill we saw that four things were the major things that the PIB was meant to achieve um, there had to be governing institutions that the PIB had to deliver, um, which are going to be the regulatory institutions in some sort of way. It's what, what replaces the DPR and the and even NMPC, because NMPC in some aspects is also a regulator within the current industry structure that we have right now. Provide uh, a commercially oriented and profit-driven national petroleum company. Mm. Now, that's a whole lot, because uh, until recently, um, NMPC has been a serial um, um, take out, not a give out to the Nigerian government. I mean, there's been perpetual losses. And I mean, we, we've gone on and on reports around that. And NPC losses are mainly driven by inefficient um, refineries and also by the, uh, the, the, the cost of its operational um, structure. It's just, just too high. Um, and, and we'll touch a bit about that on NPC. And the third one is third one is to promote transparency, good governance, and accountability. Um, I mean, that sounds like a good buzzword. Nigeria always says that we're going to promote transparency and good governance until you ask for accountability. And nobody wants to really answer. And the fourth one was to foster business environment conditions for petroleum operations. There's so many things that this PIB um, wants to achieve, but we've put it in the fourth, in fourth sense. Institutions, the profitability of NMPC, um, a little bit conversation on transparency and accountability and also create a viable business environment. Now, there are what you call institutions. I mean, and we have put out in five, the five institutions that we have seen um, in the petroleum industry. One is the Honorable Minister. No, I mean, there's this audio that says Honorable Minister is okay off your mic, you know. Um, <laughs> I think, okay, I mean, Honorable Minister has been on this bill. I think the contention of this bill has been around the powers of the Honorable Minister. What's your take on this? Before we go to order, yeah. So my take is um, the powers of the minister needs to be checked and reduced. And I think that was what they did in the PIGP in 2018. And personally, I, I feel like that was why the PIGP wasn't um, assented to because some powers of the minister was actually cut off. So, and mm. another thing they should make, they should do is that I don't believe in the president being the minister of petroleum resources. Okay. Be the president and also be the minister of one of the, let's say the powerful, um, you know, agency we have in the country. Why can't the president be the minister of education? Why can't he also be the minister of health? Okay. Why minister okay. of petroleum? Why, why, why the minister of petroleum? Where we actually get um, our revenue from, our like the major stake of our revenue. Why is the president being be the, why should he be the minister of um, petroleum? I think that's the first thing they actually need to look into. So I personally thought that would be part of what they will include in the bill. Like some some persons that cannot be minister, but then 
this is Nigeria. <laughs> so I mean, so, so we can go back again to remember that in the PIGB there was a conversation to remove that discretionary power, and I think this is the major thing Nigerians need to understand. There's some extent today that we have gone back and forth. I remember we had the PIB um, infographic by budget in 2013. I mean, those were the times when we felt there was a bit of momentum on the good luck Jonathan side. Um, and, and it comes back to the first thing. Um, we've treated oil um, like it's everything about Nigeria. So even when you talk about the budget, you hear oil and non-oil revenue. When you talk about exports, you hear oil and non-oil exports. Um, so oil is like the, the defining um, uh, firm when it comes to Nigeria's fiscal and monetary space, which is why we have even failed to develop it every other sector. So I mean, like, if there's an emergency in the oil industry, um, there's also an emergency in education. So why can't the president choose to be the minister of education and be president? But from Obasanjo was also minister was also was also minister of petroleum for a while. He didn't appoint one. It was only good luck Jonathan, if I remember, appointed uh, Miss, um, Mrs. Desiani, uh, Alice Madwiki, as the substantive um, minister for petroleum. What we've had either by uh, Kachuku in the last um, um, four years, or currently as we have right now with Mipresiva, has always been Minister of State, which means that the, the entire oversight of that industry still lies fully within the president. And that kind of outlier is one of the first problems. And that's because there's an history around around outrage is being given out to people. So in the, in the PIB, the current PIB um, that we have, there's still that problem still stays there. Because the PIB says that the other institutions that are there, which includes the the the, the, the midstream downstream um, petroleum regulatory authority, which we think will regulate all the entire midstream, which is the pipelines, the the entire downstream, which is the distribution itself, uh, or the upstream regulatory commission, which is going to take over on the drilling, prospecting, um, mining, and also um, uh, production. That in fact, whatever licenses they are giving in that place, is still subject to the approval of the minister. I mean, as an institution, as a bureaucracy, they are not allowed to say we have done it or have done it. And I think the bill was silent about when the minister rejects the 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 the, 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 the final winners, maybe of a bid or of an auction. What exactly? What does that does that look? Or even when you have it in your mind that whatever you're trying to do, there's a, there's a silent note that would the minister like to see this or would the minister love the world we have made as a decision? I mean, that begins even to corrode the institution gradually. And, it's, and I think that's something that as we have seen going up and down and up and down. And we have examples of it. And I will come back to you. One was an example of, we have a woman, and I'm not going to mention names. I mean, there's been conversation about how she was just an hairdresser to the wife of the, of, of the president. And the next thing, boom. You know, the oil blood was, you know, got on, on our laps. And that's the difference in Nigeria. You can be a proper yesterday and with a stroke of pen of the president or from your minister, somehow you saw yourself um, ruling in, in, in billions um, down the line. Um, and we have also even have the issue of, um, of, of OPL 245, which has become a big issue um, that's, um, that we have even a court sitting in, 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 in Europe around a minister appointing or awarding a oil license or an oil lease to himself 
you know, and somehow he, he avoided it on, uh, with the pseudonym in, you know, in, a, in a very complex arrangement. And finally, when the, the tenure of General Sonia Bacha ended, because he was minister that he was minister during the during Sonia Bacha's time, um, when that when that era ended, we found out that he came back again and said, "Oh, this oil block, you know, finally belongs to me," and so connected people within the political class itself, um, and and. Then we had back and forth till when we now have cases now of that there's been there's been um, um, corruption, bribery, and everything in the Um Why do we think? I, I, you, you've talked about politics. You've talked about political economy. Is, is this still around? Is, is this our this part of the PIB, which is very very significant? You know, is it still all all around the issue of that the minister must the the, the, the oil industry must be be a place to distribute privilege or do be a place to distribute um, 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 opportunity for people. Why, why, why are we fixated that the minister has to be extremely involved, you know, in the final decision making for, for oil licenses or for mainstream licenses? Why, why do you think we are fixated on that? So, um, in an ideal situation, I feel like the minister should be able to delegate that, you know. This, um, agencies responsible for license, let them do their work. You don't need to meddle into their business. You don't even, the minister might not even see the final people they want to give license to, probably until when it is being published for the general public on in the ideal situation. But of course, even those people will not want to make that mistake because everybody wants to keep their job, you know. Everybody mm. wants to probably do something that will make the, my boss, I don't want my boss to be angry. I have to dance to the tune of my boss always, whether it is what I'm doing is right or wrong. So, in an ideal situation, be like that. But of course, in a country like ours, everybody is looking for favor. Everybody wants to. I want to be on, on my boss's good side always. So I don't want um. I don't. So that should that for that too. Mm. That should that for that too. You know. So I think that the minister should not do in things like this. Really, license. Um, awarding of license and um oil rigs and all should be the list of the minister's um problem. You know. He or she should have stayed at the policy level or the strategy the level. level. Yeah, then considering the person who the minister of petroleum is, I don't think the president should be meddling in little little things like this as the mm. president and, and being the minister of um, petroleum. So that's why in the number one thing is I don't think the president should be the minister of petroleum because he has too much things to do on his desk than monetary who gets one or the other. So, but in Nigeria, everybody, you know, these are my people. You, you never can tell. The minister will even have his own list that, okay, these are the people that this, my people must get um, license, whether they qualify for it or not. The people who already the license, they don't have any choice. They have to dance to his tune. They have yeah. to give it to them. So that is it. So everybody knows what is at stake, and they know if they don't do that, their job is at stake, at most, mm-hmm. at stake. Mm-hmm. So they won't want to make that mistake. They have to do what the minister says they should do. So the powers of the minister needs to, to be reduced to the barest minimum. Yeah, it needs to. I mean, I, let's let's go that section again. Um, it says um, it talks about having a fair, transparent, and competitive bidding process. It talked about the the commission may publish a licensing program plan, and I don't think that word may should be there. It should or shall, you know. And those are the kind of challenges when you have things now being done in the secret because the question of may means you might or you might not. It leaves that to discretion. The minister may 
on the recommendation of the constitution of the commission may that means the minister may not i mean grant a prospecting license that's section 73 of the current bill that is under consideration of the national assembly so um I mean, the minister shall inform the commission of his decision within 90 days of the application for a license or lease. And where he fails, he fails. I don't. I also think there's a challenge with the gender gendering of this bill. There's too many e e e. Nobody's even looking at the situation where there is a woman in charge as the lead of, of, of as the minister of the of petroleum. Where he fails to inform the commission within the stipulated time, the licenses shall be deemed granted. So the the rule gives the minister 90, 90 days. The only saving grace I see from this bill has to be within the great constitution of the of the governance. So we talked about that. We have four institutions apart from the minister and the, on the PIB. So we have five institutions. We see the minister as an institution because the bill itself recognizes the minister as an institution. Um, then we have five institutions and I'll go over them. The minister, the Nigerian Ministry and Downstream Petroleum Regulatory Authority, the Nigerian National Petroleum Company Limited, which is going to be the successor to NMPC, the Nigerian Upstream Regulatory Commission, which is going to be the successor to DPR, that's the Department of Petroleum Resources. Then we have the host Community Development um, Commission. There's going to be a commission that has been up, I mean, been doing all of that kind of work. Um, and I, I just want to come close again to look at how some of this um how some of these institutions themselves are, are set up um in a way so one thing i like a bit about this bill because i don't want to talk about the bad part alone is the fact that the the um the commissions will be subject to approve to the to the approval of the senate um so that means um the president will not the hiring of those people um will not be um will not be solely uh, done by the senate but there's a problem it says that the member of the commission may be suspended and removed by the president. And he says, and he lists all of that thing. Now, you say that the Senate can approve the member of a commission, you know, um, but in that's in section 11, subsection 3. It's appointment to the board of commission, which is the commission for the, um, the, uh, the upstream regulatory authority, which is the one that addresses issue of mining licenses and everything that has to do within the upstream and the downstream sector. You say that that person can be put in there by the Senate, can be appointed by the Senate. But you also say that the removal of the person um, is only subject by the, is only going to be done by the president. There is no um, checking with the, with, the, with the same Senate that has approved the person. I mean, and in a situation where that's the regulatory commission um, that oversees the petroleum industry. I mean, I think you can see there's a silent power play in that environment. Yeah. <laughs> so if, um, if the Senate is appointing someone, then why should the president have the power to remove the person without even consulting the people that appointed um, the person? Because what if they appointed someone that doesn't like his face? Then you'll be like, oh, I don't like this person. Let me remove him. And look for one person excuse and you know remove the person so i think even if the president is not right right but even if the president won't feel like he wants his candidate there he can make recommendations to the senate that okay i feel like this set of people are capable and when the senate when they do their you know their normal way of um appointing people he, he might not be probably one of his persons might even be appointed 
It can actually mm. make a recommendations to the Senate, but it shouldn't have um, the full authority, the full rights to remove anybody without consulting so, the Senate. Yeah, so that happens to the commission and what is referred to as the authority. The authority, when I say the authority in this document, the authority is the Nigerian um, midstream and downstream petroleum industry. And for people who don't know, the upstream is the drilling of, the, is the production of oil, the drilling, the prospecting, the searching for the oil, and all of that is what you call the upstream. The midstream is the, is the movement, so the piping, the transmission of that oil production and moving across piping and across channels, maybe up to the point where you are either passing it domestically or you are moving them, um, you know, um, or breeding them for, for offshore um, um, exports. That's the mission. Then the downstream is the distribution. The one you buy, um, the one that is stored in tank farms, the one you buy at your filling station, um, the one that is marketed and imported to you, that exactly is what we call the downstream. Um, we have, we're going to touch, we've, we've touched on the minister and, 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 and the whole the political economy of Diana. We, we made a point in that we made a presentation with civil society on the on the on the current on the on the current PIB and some of the issues we have here. And now the discussions that we are discussing here were, were, was in that memo that was provided um, to the, the to the PIB um, to the to the committee overseeing the PIB. We one of the things we also said that is also we should know is that the, the rule. I don't know how this works. As in the case of a national emergency. The minister shall have the right of preemption. So that means, if there's a national emergency um, and there's a need to for maybe oil production to the Nigeria needs maybe let's say we need petrol, or maybe there's a shutdown. The minister has the right to to, to take some of this petroleum product and, and use that to solve the issue of national emergency. But no, those are things that you have to put in extreme cases. It should not just be um, the norm. Um, and we've talked about the institutions, the and the NURC, which is a Nigeria national. Um, upstream regulation commission and that's all going around the issue of keeping the registers for licenses and leases um, management and administer of the data regulatory or of all of that they talked about um, we also manage what they call the frontier exploration fund so that would be 10 percent of all rent on petroleum licenses and mining mining licenses um, then we also have the downstream which we have an executive a chief executive they will submit their budget to national assembly and that will be respected to be done by distribution of all the licenses and things like that so they will take the part of nmpc what nmp does with the pppra and what um and what the npc does with this um, with this ppmc previously the ppra bunch all of that together and they'll be responsible for permit and authorization and licenses as required across board um there's also a fund that's called the midstream infrastructure fund that will be one percent so definitely all petroleum products we have one percent tax um, and i don't think maybe nigerians know this so maybe if your oil price if your your, your fuel price is 100 naira the federal government will put a one percent value with naira on it um so that and they said that oh, that will be related to investment in government on infrastructure such as processing storage and transportation of of oil industry um, so there are some taxes that will be borne on, on Nigerians. Um, let's let's go. Let's touch quick briefly on NMPC. I mean, this is the this is the, the the monster inside this bill. And you know, when we look at the PIB, it looks like the, the PIB is being pulled on different sides. You know, um, and what I mean by the PIB being pulled on different sides is that you have the 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 um, the oil product oil producers themselves. 
No, they have an association. You have the NMPC as its own interest. You have government as in their own interest. You have people in the national as their own interest. So there's so many interests in the PIB right? where, where it's structured. And it, but it, I believe the biggest interest in that in NMPC. But the first question I always ask people is that there are two problems here. One is that NMPC itself should be an entity that not just acts on behalf of government, but is even generating revenue for the government. That's number one. And number two is that can the structure of NMPC as it is right now, can it survive in a private structure? Can NMPC, if it is a business and not just a, a state oil company that is acting on behalf of the government in separate separate elements, can NMPC itself survive on a private in a private arrangement as it's structured right now? Are you okay? It definitely cannot because the structure of NFPC as it is now, as NFPC is now, is not even profitable. So if it's a private entity, then I'm, I'm sure they will have um, shut down the business a very long time ago. So it cannot survive as a private entity. The way it is being um, managed and the way it is functioning right now, it cannot. So some a lot of things need to, to be changed and put into consideration if it's going to be a private entity and they want it to survive the environment. And we can come back to the NPC, and I, and I think there's a problem here because I, I, I think this bill just tries to make everybody happy, you know. And they say it's only jollof rice that makes everybody, you know, happy. Um, for example, this bill says that um, NMPC is going to have shares, they're going to invest that shares in a new company called the NMPC Limited. Um, those shares will be held by the government and the finance incorporated who hold those shares. Um, the employees of NMPC shall become the NOPOEs of NMPC Limited. So, uh, a new entity will fill all staff obligations. So, you are creating a bill that does not attack the oil unions, you know, um, in a way. So, for example, I always make this case someone can start his career in Kaduna Refinery. And that refinery, on the entire length of his career, does not produce more than maybe, you know, does not even process more than maybe a, maybe a thousand barrels of crude. And if the person is going to retire, he's going, he or she's going to take pensions, he's going to, he's going to enjoy fat, he's going to have lived well. And if you say all oh, the employees of NMPC will become the employees of NMPC Limited, and you have not found a way to, to, you know, to really look at NMPC as you and break it down and say, okay, what's profitable, what's not profitable, what, what do we... And I think the, in the last PIB, the one we had before, created a liability company that was supposed to manage the entire obligation of NMPC in a place that if there are entities of NMPC that does not want to be transmitted into the new NMPC limited, that liability framework will undo that. But what we have seen right now is that it looks like, it's just like we just moved from, we just, rather than call NMPC a state oil company, now we just allocated shares and says now this is the new NMPC. There's nothing I've seen in this current bill that makes it look as if um you know nmpc is is anything is going to change specifically but because he also leaves a whole lot of things to discretion you know he says the minister or the minister minister of finance shall determine the assets interest and liability of nmpc to be transferred to nmpc limited or its subsidiaries you know so even after you finish all of this the minister will decide okay am i moving this unit am i moving? and i think that level of discretion that level of they left a lot of things to chance in this bill by allowing the Minister of Minister of Finance to decide in his best interest if the refineries will go into the new NMPC, even if the downstream sector will be handled by NMPC in the current new NMPC, even if the 
uh, I mean, the entire staff, the operational structure of NPC is still going to be there. I mean, will anybody will look at NPC in a way and will say, okay, I want to buy shares in that company? But and also another thing is is there is there is a problem here, is that it's also the issue of independent incorporated joint ventures. So let me just wind down for a lot of Nigerians who might not know. So we have some we, we, we our main structure for petroleum systems for petroleum um mining or petroleum structure our fiscal structure is either you have it as a um what you call a joint venture you know or a production sharing contract a joint venture like you can hear the voices that means nmpc and the oil um, producers maybe the IOCs are jointly doing stuff together why a production sharing contract means that you put all your money you go and explore the field and the government has now a tax on your profit and has it and also has a bit of equity as you go so in the in the joint venture is more like equity in the production sharing contract it was more like produce deduct your costs then we tax the remaining out of all of that that's the, like, the separate structure we have but those joint venture is so and they just equity in the joint ventures and one of the things that has been there is that these joint ventures should run like companies on their own so they should be able to raise their own funds because over the years um one of the challenges that if you have a, a joint venture you have to continuously invest in the field to get the joint venture to keep going but nigeria has not been able to always bring his investment to the table you know for the joint venture and that's been the problem over the years um and now you have now that there's even no timeline specific timeline something we saw in the previous bill that the incorporated joint ventures should by the specific time should be incorporated should be incorporated and they should be able to stand on their own raise their money raise their debt and maybe somehow they begin to operate in a way like a production sharing contract i think okay what what do you think of, of that like um like i was telling someone last week i said the nmpc and the new nmpc limited is just um i said that's just a change of name mm. Nothing really different in what they want in both what both companies would be, um, what NMPC was doing and what the limited company would be doing. Because if you are saying you are going to transfer the employees, you are going to, you know, the Minister of um, Finance and the Minister will determine the assets that will be transferred and all. We all know that NMPC as it is today, most of the assets are not um, profitable. So there's nothing to determine again. We already know the subsidiaries that are functioning, that are um, making profits and the ones that are not making profits. So there should be a total overall of the old NFPC before they can transfer anything to the new NFPC Limited. So Because, I'm, because I'm, 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 I'm going to question, you know, let's assume that I work in a refinery and they say this is the new, the new um, um, NFPC Limited. And you say, okay, we are sorry, maybe we don't want to transfer the, the, the refineries to the new NFPC Limited, you know, because we don't want the NFPC Limited to have them. But you say all the staff, are still an NPC limited staff. So what exactly will those personnel be doing? That's my, I mean, that's my question. Like, I, 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 I begin to wonder, so our boy is no one thinking about this, but like I said, it looks like a bill that just tried to make everybody ex- everybody happy and excited just because you want it to have passed. But it doesn't look, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't look as if we are pushing for efficiency as it should be. I mean, I, let me get your final point on this. Let's take the refineries for example. So the refineries have um, always been, they've never been profitable for a very long time. 
And so we are now transferring the same set of um, the same refineries, the same set of people working there to the new limited. Mm. So that's transferring a very big problem to the new company because mm. they need to actually look at okay, so Kaduna refinery, for example, is is not fitable, and we have um, let's say one thousand workers. What do we do? Then they need to cut their staff. You know, fine. So people will be affected. Um, it's, it's not a new thing in Nigeria that they, you know, um, disengage people everywhere. And um, they need to their staff, probably, maybe those that have spent 20 years and old should leave and leave the younger ones. Or maybe they, 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 they there should be some criteria that they use. They can't just transfer the staff and to the new limit. Where you know that even the assets you actually giving the new company. It's not profitable, and before you can even before the new company can make it profitable, it will take a long while. So why are you giving them um, a problem? I said that's a very big problem to the NNPC Limited. They are doing all those. We need to look at NNPC as it is now. I'm a management. Who say you want to transfer anything from it to the new NNPC Limited? My mm-hmm. take. take a lot of time. All right. I mean, uh, finally, I mean, we, this is a two-part series. We're going to take a break and we'll come back in the second part series, and um, and um, and we're going to look at issue of post community. You know, um, that we beat. The, I mean, in this in this episode, we've looked at the minister. We looked at you know, NMPC itself looks like it's just um, you know, you just move from you just working across rooms, and nothing much is going to be changing. If you're moving employees and assets, if you have not even set a timeline. For the wine, for the for the incorporation of the joint ventures that the federal government over the years has not been able to properly fund, um, um, and we've also now looked at into the other agencies and also around sure where the president can appoint someone approve with the approval, Soviet approval of the Senate. But we have allowed the Minister of Petroleum or the President to be able to remove the person without even oversight. That gets us a bit worried and gives independence in terms of independence to the to the agency itself. So we will stop here. Um, and thank you so much for listening to the first part series for our podcast. We hope you enjoy it. We would like to have your feedback. Please send us a tweet um, at Project NG or on Facebook. It's also called Project NG or on Instagram. It's Project NG and we'll be glad to hear your feedback on the current um, petroleum industry bill. Thank you. My ID Joker, um, you want to say goodbye to everyone? Yeah, thank you everyone for listening and um, do join us some other time again. Thank you. Bye. Have a good one. for tuning into our podcast if you have any questions do not hesitate to reach us via our social media platforms or you can send an email to info at your we will be back next week for the second part of this series on the petroleum industry bill do not forget to subscribe to our channel on all podcast platforms see you next week